today on The Breakdown, pour yourself a little glass of lemonade. Sit back down in that easy chair and let the dulcet tones of Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy take you away on a poker odyssey where two of the best players in the world, Christoph Vogel sang, Patrick Leonard. It's a little unclear. <laughs> There's five players left, though. And let me say this. They're playing for hundreds of thousands of dollars in this tournament. It's a big online event. And Christoph Vogel saying, well, he ain't your mama's Christoph Vogel saying. He's your, your dad's Christoph Vogel saying. <laughs> and people think, people think we plan these openings. All right, let's just get to it. We're on the breakdown with Grant Edison and Jonathan Levy. Big difference First between uh, your mom's Christoph Vogel saying and your dad's Christoph Vogel saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean your mom, she's her Christoph Vogel saying is uh, inefficient, not really as careful as you want him to be, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> now your dad's Christoph Vogel saying that guy is—he's a vampire in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> He'll haunt you, but in a good way. Okay. He'll kill you, but in a way you, in a good way. You you're know? like you like it. You're like yeah, that's good. I mean, you're not loving, but you're like you, I support the yeah. I support the methodology and the reason yeah. behind it. I, I see where you're. I see where you're coming from, Dad's Christoph Vogel thing. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that's a normal thing to say. <laughs> Thank you. I want Christoph Vogel saying to listen to that little bit we just did because you're welcome, Christoph. We've just made you a star. We have made him a star. <laughs> Feels good too. Feels good to be have that much power. You know, we just pick who we want in the poker world and make them, you know, the brightest lights in the firmament. <laughs> this is the first podcast of the day, and I'm already yeah, like yeah. this. How about that? Yeah. So we're in trouble. Yeah, it's going to be like that all day long. Sounds good. Patrick Leonard. We've never done a uh, podcast about Patrick Leonard before. We haven't. I feel like we have. Have we? I feel like we have. I don't think we have. I believe we've done it before, but maybe only one. I don't it's remember. been six years of podcasts. Maybe more. Has it been more at this point? When did we start? 2014? I it's don't know. It's been more, yeah. I think May 2014 was our first Shut podcast. Shut the front door. That's six and a half years? Yeah. What am I doing with my life? I'm out of here, man. I got to go do something real. Go, go ahead, you square. Go get an office job. Uh, no, but I got, I'm going to go help people in some other place. Why? I am helping people now. Now that I think about it, I'm already helping people with, this, with this show. You're brightening their day. I'm doing more than that. I'm inspiring them. You you came up with the whole theory of your mom's and your dad's Christoph Vogel saying that's got to have global implications <laughs> of some type. For Christoph Vogel saying, think about the difference in how his day would have gone if I hadn't said those things. It's it's really all about framing it for yourself. Like mm. you walk to the coffee shop and you're like, am I going to be your mom's Christoph Vogel saying or your dad's <laughs> Christoph Vogel saying this time at the coffee shop? And yeah. that way you don't fuck up at the coffee shop like you normally do when you're just one Christoph Vogel saying and you don't know what to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But the dad's Christoph Vogel saying. He goes in there. He's like, I want the blueberry muffin. I want the large coffee. No cream. Make it snappy. <laughs> but if he, if he had not assigned himself yeah. and he's just Christoph Vogel saying, go and be like, uh, um, excuse me. Is, do you have a coffee at this establishment? This uh, coffee I'm shop. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm running away. <laughs> <laughs> Does he actually say I'm running away yeah, as yeah. he goes? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that's problematic. And right. uh, wow, I'm just, you know, you know what we always say in the podcast game, the poker podcast analysis game is if you can help one person, just touch one person's life, it's yeah. all worth it. So welcome, Christoph Vogel saying. Welcome, Christoph. Stop apologizing to cashiers for no reason, Christoph Vogel saying. Just order the muffin that you want, Christoph. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a scone, make it a scone. It's okay. Nobody really cares. That's a little trick to remember. No one cares. Yeah. He used to be afraid. He'd go in wanting a muffin. He'd see they only had scones. He'd be like, do you have any muffins in the back? And I'd be like, no. And he, he in his mind, would want to ask for the scone, mm. but he would feel like it would make him look stupid because he went in there going for muffins. Wow. So he's, he just doesn't order anything, any food at all. That's, that's terrible. Yeah. So it's tough to be Christoph. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Most, it's gonna... Mostly it's coffee shop related problems. Mm. That's not so bad then. I mean, no. you can just not go in that many coffee shops, yeah. in theory. Although coffee shops... Post pandemic sound nice, you know, kind of a delightful, huh. delightful thing to go to. I just want some baked goods, you know. Of course, baked goods—they are good. 
Give me some of that baked goods with some chocolate chips in there. <laughs> Can I please have one baked good? <laughs> That's how aliens speak when they're trying to pass, you know? Yeah. Pass as humans, obviously. I well, Not pass a basketball. Yeah, not pass a test. Yeah. I'm not saying just for you. I'm saying for the thousands of people who are listening. Someone may not have gotten it. I worry about that one person and I help them. Because you know what? I'm doing more work than if I was here on the show than if I was doing stuff for the Peace Corps now. I'm just realizing this. Hey, legitimate question. Oh, okay. And I mean this. Okay. Even though it's going to sound like a joke question. Okay. What are the odds in your mind <laughs> that either on Earth or not, an alien does listen to this podcast? Whoa, you just blew my fucking brain. Yeah. Okay, when we say... Let's just... Let's define that a little bit. Okay. Listen to this podcast, meaning like listen to it regularly or no, just one time? Has has heard the audio from the podcast at any point, even if it's just one syllable. Interesting. Um, I would say they're actually reasonably high. Yeah. Because, you know, we're, we're broadcasting out. It goes out into like f- forever, right? Well, it's not radio waves. This is more of a closed loop oh, system. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's a little less likely. Than yeah. They have to choose it yeah. <laughs> a little bit anyway. Yeah. Oh, well, that's tougher. Still, I'm going to go... Although, there's that thing, Hold'em Radio, that puts our show on. Is, does that actually have a radio station, or is that just an internet thing? I think it's an internet on-demand okay. thing. never mind that. I don't, think, I don't think any radio stations would ever play our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, that really we should kills. be shock jocks, though. We would be we, good at that. I would be a great shock jock. You, you would be questionable. Thanks. This is me doing it. I'm doing it right now, dude. you got to push back. Show me something. No, I'd rather just sulk. <laughs> <laughs> As podcast hosts, I do, guess I'm shock right. Jocks don't. I guess I'm right about you in a shock jock. Then I just don't and have it in me today. Your lack of shock jockedness. It's okay. You don't have to have it. I got enough in me for both of us. It's fine. Okay, do I a shock jock thing. Well, it's back, Dab. <laughs> wow, that was awful. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> I wasn't done. I wasn't done. The thing is, you have to you have to grab him right away. <laughs> yeah, if you're in a shock jock. <laughs> And you totally didn't do that. You, no. you you fucked that up. I did a bad job. Try again. Okay. <laughs> okay. So are we coming back from the song or a commercial or something? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, it was just it was just an ad for like uh, some sort of heart medication that okay. actually kills you most of the time. Sounds great. Yeah. Welcome back to Dirty Johnny's. All right. <laughs> time to make time to take a few phone calls. First one's up. It's Helen the Witch. Helen, what do you got for Dirty Johnny? <laughs> that is terrible. <laughs> It was better than the first one. You're going one, to jail. It was better than the first one. You're basically going to jail. <laughs> and the first one didn't even make sense. This one made sense. <laughs> Woo. We get paid for this. Yeah, I can't believe it. Years. Years they've sponsored what us. What a fucking deal. All right. Oh, God. I'm wiping tears away. Yeah. Lovey's having himself a, a <sighs> second podcast first. It's great. Does that mean a third podcast comes second? I hope so. Okay. I hope so. Anyway, this hand, guess what? Suggested by Casper Kwok. The, the man... The myth, he's not yet a legend. No. But still, the man in the myth. Yep. King Casper. Yep, that's the guy. King Casper Quack, otherwise known as King Casper. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're not going with an acronym on right. that Right, we could, but we know it's a bad idea. All right, so this is a tournament we've actually talked about a hand from before. Um, so if you heard that hand, you might know a little bit about who wins the tournament, but whatever. Who cares? Who cares? It's about the, the play that gets us there, you know? This is a uh, $5,200 buy-in online. It features Christoph Vogelsang, now able to enter coffee shops confidently, <laughs> now that he's defined himself as a, your dad's or your mom's Christoph Vogelsang, depending, sure. depending on his mood. Um, five remain. Last time we did a heads-up hand. Yep. 72K for fifth, 198K for first. So, so a lot to play for here. Absolutely. These guys are unlikely to make a deal, especially if Kristoff's at the table. He's probably not going to do any deals. Right? Patrick Leonard's not making a deal either. Right. Patrick Leonard has $2.6 million in live earnings, and we assume a lot more online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, $2.6 million in live earnings don't get you so far ahead of it anymore. He's like, you know, 600th on the all-time money list. Or yeah, something. but he's probably... I don't think he's one of the guys playing like the 25Ks and 50Ks yeah. all the time, which you really kind of have to be those guys to be in the top on... Unless you happen to win the main event. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Jamie Gold still uh, hanging in there. Is with he? The, I don't know. Top just, 100 probably. Probably top 40. Because he's got maybe, because he got 12 million for the main and then he's probably got an additional one Half, to, half one million to two. or something. I don't know. 
Half a million. Has he ever won anything else that we're aware of? I think of? he actually final tabled a World Series event and oh, yeah? made like 400K like in oh. 2017. I mean, if he played enough poker yeah. and he plays high enough, you know, buy-ins, yeah, he probably got to 13 million or something. Yeah. But I would guess that puts him squarely in the top 30 or 40. Maybe. But anyway, who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Jenny anyway. going to die. I mean, we all are. Yes. Still a lot to play for here with five remaining. Yeah. We're going to start off with Patrick Leonard. He's going to open King, Queen of Spades in the cutoff. Cool. To 200K. How many chips does he have? He has 25 bigs, 2.5 million. Okay. So at 5,100K, he has 2.5 million, opens to 200K in the cutoff. Cool. Fine. Cool. Wonderful. Fine. I feel Wonderful. like in 2017, this is when all the kids were shoving. Like 25 a, lines? Yeah. Like there was a moment. Maybe a little bit. In like 2017-ish where I, you and I kept shoves. being surprised by the elite yeah. player's size of their shoves. Be like, that can't be right. That just can't be right. Yeah. We, we, we complained about it every time. We yeah. Talk, yeah. It was like 30 blind shoves, open shoves. It's like, why, yeah. man? Like, it, yeah. I feel like that's pulled back since then. For sure. They like, yeah. the solvers don't like it. Maybe. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but. I just sort of said that. I haven't yeah. thought about it. But there are pre-flop things. That's a do. pretty good reason to assume any trend among the elite players it is. these days. It uh, is. Anyway, 25 blinds opens the king, queen of spades in the cutoff. Seems good. Christoph Vogel saying has 35 blinds in the big blind. Okay. He's got ace three off, ace of spades, three of clubs. And he decides to three bet it. Let's discuss this just as a decision. Like, you can call. Yeah. Closing the action, 100K, you have a reasonable hand. It's a great calling spot. You're getting shoved on at least sometimes by a 25 blind stack when you three bet. Obviously, Absolutely. you're snap folding. How do you, how do you implement the strategy? Like, should you be three betting this much against good competition in this scenario? Huh. I mean, I think a lot of it depends on just how often P, P Len is opening. Nice. You know, Plen. Plen. I, you have, everyone has a plan until they get kicked in the face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. It's <laughs> like a Nova Scotian accent, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think it's weird because this is such an obvious, easy calling hand. I guess it it is sort of a, one of the better bluffing hands, though, in that it's a bad ace. Doesn't flop well. It doesn't flop super well. It's hard to get lots of value, uh, and we don't even have a good kicker. But we can make straights, which we kind of like. Now it's not suited, which we'd like a little yeah. bit more. But I can see how this is a trashy enough hand with a great blocker, and, and Christoph decides, you know what? Sometimes I have to three bet this and chooses to. If, if P line is opening enough, then, then this seems like a perfectly fine play. Yeah, then but, it probably prints money pre flop then. It probably does. That said, my inclination would be most of the time to call in this spot. Yes. Yes, because like the 25 blind stack is the perfect shoving stack. Also, there's two shorter stacks. The table, which maybe maybe that's a reason to three bet yeah. though, right? Because we can be putting there's a, more. There's a sixteen on blind stack and a twenty blind stack. Yeah. at the table. So that's actually a pretty good reason to three bet. Just like stay off my blind, boys. Yeah, because Patrick Leonard obviously can't fold king queen of spades here, but shoving feels wrong. I mean, we're just bluffing. What are we hoping to fold out? Right. Even? I mean, like, ace three would be nice to fold out. Yeah, ace ace three would be nice to fold. But we might think what he's just not doing this with a hand like ace three that often. Anyway, Vogel saying, by the way, makes it 670K over the 200K. Mm. Um, a little small for his out-of-positionness, but probably based on stack sizes and stuff. Yeah, I would think so. That this is, this is work. This, you're just getting a lot of faults with this, right? So what is Patrick Leonard's calling range here? Because he does end up calling with King, Queen of Spades. It feels like King, Queen, Suited is like the ultimate calling hand for this scenario. It's a pretty darn good one, yeah. Like, uh, what do you do with King, Jack, Off? You just fold? I think you just fold. That's a great argument for Vogel saying three bet. It sure is. Because also, he's a, Leonard opened the cutoff, right? Yeah. He's opening king 10. He's opening king nine suited. He might be opening. He's probably opening king nine off. Depends. Sometimes Depends. people tighten up in these scenarios. Yeah. I can see him. Yeah. It's, it's hard to know, actually. Yeah. But he might be opening as, as bad as king nine off. Um, queen 10, queen jack, queen nine suited for sure. Yeah. Maybe queen eight suited, depending. We're Maybe. folding out a lot of that. Yeah. Like, queen jack off is just a fold, I guess, because we're not deep enough to do anything is, in the what short What does Plen do with two fours? Oh, hate his life. Yeah. And shover, shover fold, yeah, I think. I think so. Mostly fold with the two short stacks. Yeah. This is a great, sh- this is a great re-raise. Yeah. Now that we're talking it through. What does he do with two sevens? Probably he has to shove. Just has to go with it, there's right? A, there's a point where it gets yeah. a guy like Vogel saying you just have to be like, I agree. Fuck it, I go. Yeah, two nines, obviously, you're going with. Two eights, you just have to go with. Two sevens is where it starts to get interesting. Two sixes, you probably have to go with also, but it's getting close. Yeah, I don't know. Depends on what you think about everybody and, and your situation at the table, too, I guess now, right? Like, how, how much better am I than some of these other chumps? So what are the other hands in, in Leonard's range that are obvious calling hands? Because king-queen suited feels like 
of course you call with that hand. Like most of the the bigger suited Broadway stuff, I think Jack suited Jack 10 suited. I don't know, probably Jack 10 suited, but I could see in this situation just being like, is it worth it with my 25 blind stack and these two other short stacks to actually get involved in this hand right now with, with Jack high? I could see it going as low as nine ten suited, and I can see it being as tight as queen jack suited being the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, ace jack suited is an easy call. Ace ten suited is an I easy call. I think ace call. jack suited you could shove. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, ace ten suited you could shove or call. Yep, can't fold. Uh, ace jack off. We can shove, shove or fold. Fold call. Maybe we can call. We can do any of the three things. What about maybe king, maybe folding suited? What tight. about king jack suited? I think we have to call. What about king 10 suited? King 9 suited is a clear fold, right? Yeah. I think we're supposed to call king 10 suited. I have a feeling we're going to probably play too tight in this spot a lot because of the situation, the ICM stuff. I don't want to call with king 10 suited. Right. But I think we're probably supposed to. Probably. Do we have any pocket pairs or are those all shoves or folds? Well, we think we have to shove sevens. We're folding fours. We might call aces and kings sometimes. Okay. To protect some of the yeah. other hands we're calling with. That's fair. Probably aces more than kings. Yeah. But maybe kings. And maybe even queens once in a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... What are we doing with fives? I don't know. That's why I asked about fours yeah. before. It's the same thing. Sixes, fives are interesting. I think those are folds because of the ICM. I think you kind of have to. Yeah. I think you're probably right. That's why sevens is a weird one. Yeah. Because like... Practically plays the same, but maybe we just like we can't fold this much of our distribution. We have, we have to punish him a little bit, right? So it seems like what we're coming to the conclusion of, whether or not it's true, is that the, the calling range is a lot of big suited connected hands and then a couple super monsters like aces. Yeah. That doesn't seem like the, enough balance, but maybe that's okay at the stack depth. I think, yeah, I don't think we can have much balance. Because like there. calling with tens just feels like a mistake. Like just shove the tens. Yeah, you yeah. have to shove the tens, I think. I think it's crazy not to shove the tens. It's like, okay, yep, you know tens are always here and they're never there. And this they're in this basket and not in the call basket. And like oh, obviously well. it's a mistake to call with like queen eight suited. So you can't just add that in for right. balance. Like Right. Man. I guess we're probably just shoving ace jack off mostly. Yeah, right? I think so. I guess a player like now that we've sort of gone over all the hands where we feel like we have to fold, ace jack off is a pretty good one to shove, right? Like we block stuff. We block stuff. We're okay against some pocket pairs that call us. We're up, we're okay against almost everything that calls. You know, yeah. almost. I mean, it's not great. I mean, ace king and ace queen are obviously calling, and that's not great. Well, yeah, um, but you know, at least we have a kicker to hit. <laughs> it's not a great spot. You're right. It's what twenty seven percent against those yeah. hands. But we figure we're going to get a lot of folds. Of course. The other side of that is with ace jack, you know, we're dominating some hands and we don't get to like, they're going to, we're going to fold out all the hands we're dominating, which sort of sucks, right? Yeah. Like if we just call with ace jack and he's got ace three and an ace flops, now there's only two left, but if an ace flops, we can get a lot of chips, right? It's going to be hard to not get a lot I of mean, chips. I mean, we should be happy to get 6.7 blinds out of Vogel saying with ace jack off at, I agree. The, at this stack depth. Like, That's fair. And if we end up with a double up, great, but you know, yeah, I'm happy with taking, taking the pot down. Yeah, that's true. And also calling and having to fold later, put in this many chips and fold seems awful. Yeah. I think suited is so much better to call with if you're going to have some ace jack calls just mm-hmm. so you have more opportunities to shove on the flop and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. King queen suited though does feel like a slam dunk call, right? It really does. I mean, I guess you could shove sometimes. Folding seems out of the question. Yeah. I think, I think we shove a tiny bit just for balance. We shove like 10% of the yeah. time or something and we call the rest. Well, that's what Patrick does. He's going to go ahead and call. He's going to he's going to call do? it out all. Okay, he just checking. A, he has a plan. <laughs> nice, and it is to call with King of Spades, Queen of Spades. Of course, Vogel saying has Ace of Spades, Three of Clubs, so he's way ahead, and he knows it. He's also got the better flush draw. Sick. Nobody can beat this guy. All right, so the pot is one point four five million, and yep. obviously, stack the pot is already a little sketchy for young Patrick Leonard here. The flop is not sketchy though. Okay. King of hearts, eight of diamonds, four of spades. Wow. Couldn't have drawn it up better myself. That is a hell of a flop. It is a damn good flop. Like, you're so ahead of Vogelsang's range at this point. Yeah, this is great. It feels wonderful. Vogelsang obviously is going to continue. Has to. With the stack depths as they are and the king high nature of the board. He's going to do something that Jonathan Levy's going to love. Bets 220K into 1.45 million. Ooh. Is it too small? Is it just too small? Like, hold on. Let me just let me just have a moment of feeling this a little bit because that is, ooh, that's good. I actually don't think it's too small. Ooh. I think it. I think Vogelsang has thought this through way more than I have, and I think he's right. And 
like that's your reasoning because no. Vogelsang did it. No, no, because before we started talking about the flop, I hadn't mm. like started allowing my mind to turn those gears. Now that I have, I'm thinking about how much I okay. love it because of the range that we just constructed for Patrick preflop. Like, there aren't any pocket pairs in there, right. so we're not worried about not getting tens to fold, right? And if he has something like Queen Jack, he's just folding for this amount or for a bigger amount anyway. If yeah. he's Queen Jack suited or Jack 10 suited. If he has a king, he's not folding for any amount anyway. Right. So what the fuck? Why not make it 220? It's, it's the perfect board in this situation to make it tiny. King 8-4. The only 8s he has is maybe none. Yeah. He probably has 0 8s and 0 4s. Maybe 8-9 suited if he's looser than we think. Okay. Like, yeah. fine. But right. like, yeah, there's not much there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. This is going to be a super small bet. And it's a rainbow board, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. This is great. There's no straight draws, and he can't really have pocket pairs. It's perfect. And honestly, even this tiny bet, like, is now chipping away more at his stack if he, like, has, like, some, somehow has 8-9 suited. Yeah. It's like, you probably have to call once, but, man, it, you do. You have to call yeah. once. But it sucks. Like, you don't want to call this. Right. And you know you have to fold to another bet, usually. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's a very powerful bet, even though it's tiny. So, like like uh, one of the seven dwarfs. Grumpy. Like grumpy. It's like grumpy. Yeah. So, yeah, I actually love this small bet. Like, mm. Not just because it's trendy and cool, but because it makes so much sense. But it's also trendy and cool. It is, of course. I mean, it's been trendy for a while. Yeah. But still trendy. But it's, it's like it never goes out of style. I mean, I was saying to you before we started it's recording. It's kind of like jorts. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And yeah. Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah. And Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. Dustin Diamond. Rest oh, in yeah. Power. That's too bad. Um. But, uh, oh, yeah, I was saying to you, like, how it always feels so incredible to bet tiny on a flop like this. Whether you have it or not. Yeah. It feels so incredible for them to fold. Even when I have the nuts and they fold, it still feels amazing because it's like, I don't believe I should ever get away with that. (laughs) Yeah. Even when I have it, I sort of just, like, it feels like it's against nature or something that I can bet a fifth of the pot or whatever, some crazy tiny amount, and have it work. It's awesome. It is pretty cool. Yeah. Is there any raising here? For Patrick Leonard. The bet is so small. It is so Can small. Can you just make it 600K and pretend Vogelsang bets 600K instead? <laughs> like, the only problem is what are we hoping I, we have to, to call, accomplish? We have to call if we get shoved on. Then. We have to call if we get shoved on. What are we getting shoved on by? The yeah. continuing ranges are problematic. Yeah, here. I agree. Otherwise, That's part yes. of why this bet is so fucking great yeah. by Vogelsang, by the way. Yeah. You think Vogelsang is going to get all the information he needs from this bet, basically, yeah. right? And he's going to fold out enough of the range that's going to work. And when it doesn't, it's like, well, guess who has a king? Yeah. It's that guy. Plen. Plen. Yeah. So Plen does call, obviously, because he can't raise. Well, he can. He chooses not to. He chooses not to, and we wouldn't either. Right. So what does this tell Vogelsang? Is this automatically like, this guy has a king? Feels like he mostly has a king. I guess he could have 8-9 or 7-8 suited even if he's looser than we think. It seems unlikely, though, it does. in this spot that he's going to have any 8s. I think, I think it's mostly he has a king is where we're at. So you can go two ways with that. You can shut it down if you're Vogel saying, but this is a breakdown hand, so we don't think that's going to happen. Probably not. Or you can decide, well, he clearly has a king, and we're both very good, so it's obvious to both of us. Guess what it means if I keep betting? Mm. <laughs> like I have a better than a king if yeah. I have value, right? Yeah. That's a little preview of what's coming next on The Breakdown. Whoa. With, with Grant Denison and Jonathan Levy? After this word from our sponsor. From our sponsor. One time, six years ago, the poker guys began doing a podcast. Then, by some magic of the universe, Nitrogen Sports and the poker guys joined forces to bring you the greatest value in poker. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's all I got. Tell them more. That's good though. Um, yeah, that's the greatest value in poker. That's our monthly poker guys tournament, where somehow, some way, every month, Nitrogen Sports guarantees one hundred millibits. Yes, which is one thousand buy-ins, and they cap the player pool at three hundred players. Usually, we get like two hundred players. That means there's like seven to eight hundred buy-ins somewhere in there. Put in there, and that is thousands and thousands of dollars. It's these days something like thirty-five to thirty-eight hundred dollars. They just put in that prize pool, and then you play a poker tournament, and then it's over, and then you win the money. It's incredible. <laughs> it's a it's good really, deal. it's really crazy. You got to use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up for Nitrogen to get access to that tournament. Yeah, so you should do that. Also, by the way, on Nitrogen, you may not have thought of this. Great. I haven't thought of this, but here's the thing: um, they Whatever have it is, they have a sports betting. Oh, they have casino games. I had thought of that. Oh well. I thought maybe you had. I thought you had some cool thing to say that I hadn't thought of. Oh, perhaps you hadn't thought of this, though. Okay. 
it's a Bitcoin on a poker site. I had thought of that. Oh, have you thought of this? Uh-huh. Uh, when you get your money out, it's really fast, like 90 minutes. I had thought of that, but it's nice to think about it again because it's pretty great. It is pretty great. Yeah. I love getting paid by them because then I get the money so fast. All, all things aside, uh, and, mm. and truthfully, yeah. it is really cool to promote something that that you believe in. Yeah. Right? Like that nitrogen is like a legit site. They actually do give you your money fast. It is actually infuriating that other sites don't when they have the ability to, as a person who's done door to door sales and sold like cable door to door. I know how much it sucks to try to promote something that you don't actually really care yeah. about or even think is that good for the customer. This is a very different situation. It feels good. Yeah. I, like I legitimately mean that nitrogen legitimately non sketchy. Yeah. Like I've, I have personally, and know lots of people who've made many sports bets on there also, and like no problems ever. They always pay out instantly. Like it's never an issue. They're totally above board. They're great. It's, it's been hard. Years. To, it's hard to find in, in online gambling, you yeah. know. But they're so legit. And they're, this ninety minute withdrawal time is just a great example of that. Yeah, we're we're very pleased with them. Yeah. So anyway, use the link. Get on Nitrogen. Get you some damn poker and sports betting, and casino games, whatever you want. Right. Okay. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. The Poker Guys. Last time on The Breakdown. I think it's previously on. Previously on The Breakdown. Nice. And then you have to like play back a quote of something we said. Like, uh, I, got, I actually think this, this bet by Vogel saying is way better than I ever thought it was before. <laughs> Christoph Vogel saying is definitely going to kill somebody. <laughs> oh, that was, was that? I'm not sure. Okay. Is going to? I would like the scone, please. <laughs> <laughs> and... Now let's see the conclusion of this episode of The Breakdown. With the poker guys. All right. So Christoph Vogelsang <laughs> yeah. has ace three off. So, you know, not, not a very good hand. Not a very good flop for him either. King of hearts, eight of diamonds, four of spades, where he's bet tiny 220K into 1.45 million. Patrick Leonard with king, queen of spades has called. Mm. Pots 1.9 million. Yeah. The turn is the nine of hearts. Yeah. So Vogelsang should know that Patrick Leonard usually has a king, as we discussed. Yep. Patrick Leonard knows that Vogelsang knows that. Yeah. Also knows that Leonard very rarely flopped anything better than just a king, right? Like, it's very hard for him to have a set or two pair. Yep. He may have turned two pair if he has eight, eight nine, nine suited in his range. Yeah. Does that make this a bad card to continue on if you're going to continue ever, as Vogelsang? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I don't think there, there's very much eight, nine. There may be zero, eight, yeah. nine. If that's the case, then it's fine because there's no king, nine. Also, the eight and the nine are different suits on the board, right? They're they not the same suit? They are, yes. Okay, so that would mean even if there was 8-9 suited, there's only two combos right. of it. So that's good, too. But I think it's likely there's zero combos of 8-9 yeah. suited out there. So, But if there was, yeah, this would help. I think, I think that, that there's a tiny chance that this made it two pair for Patrick. Yeah. But I, I don't think that's the reason not to continue on this card. I think the reason not to continue is Patrick almost always has top pair. Or actually, it's top pair or two pair. He has a very good hand. He's unlikely to fold. He's relatively short, and uh, we didn't pick up any equity. These things are all true. Yeah. Now, this may not be one of the cards you're not supposed to continue on, though, if you have cards you continue on, because he might not have any 8-9. The cards you really don't want to continue on are probably kings, queens, and jacks, right? A king seems like a horrific card yeah. to continue on, but I agree. Um, a jack seems pretty bad, too. Also a queen. Sure. Why not? Why did you skip over the queen? I think a queen is a little more likely to shove than king, jack. You mean king, queen, and pre? Yeah. Oh, maybe. But, maybe, but it felt like a slam dunk call. Well, king queen suited felt yeah. like a slam. I think off suit is a little more of a show. Maybe, um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Of course, any bro- any any paint is really problematic. Really, any Broadway is is not great except the ace. Um, but but the paint seems yeah. really really bad. A king is like, oh my god, check. Yeah, of course. But it's a nine. Yeah. And nonetheless, you seem to not like the idea of continuing because it feels like Patrick has a pretty strong hand. Yeah. Counterpoint. Like I said, both of those, both of these players know that, right? Yep. So if Vogelsang keeps betting, he's definitely saying he has better than King Jack. Yeah, Vogelsang is saying, like, I'm obviously only supposed to continue now on this turn when I have real hands. Right. Right. And the only hands that he can have that make sense, because that's a second heart that just came up, the nine of hearts, yeah. right, is hearts, that when he turns hearts, basically, yeah. or when he has... You know, a big, big hand already. Or I guess if he has ace three, because he's going to continue. Apparently, this is part of it too. But I would think as Patrick Leonard, were Christoph Vogel saying to continue, I would never include ace three off in my. No, I wouldn't think my so. And Vogel saying might not include it in, unless it were for the ICM situation that they're in. Yeah. He might just, and that, that's actually a point in favor of him making this bet. Like, 
Right. You might know that I'm doing this, but can you really ignore the math that much, Patrick Leonard? Like, I do have these strong hands in my range. It does make sense for me to have flopped a set, turned a set, have pocket aces, or have ace king. Absolutely. So what are you going to do about it? You're just going to punt on all of the money that's left here? Because we're only at 72K on this 5,200 buy-in. You know, there's a lot left to win. Yeah. So, I don't know. I kind of like continuing, even though it feels technically incorrect. I, I kind of like it, too, only because... My understanding is these days, all the really good players are so ICM conscious. Conscious? conscious. I, that, that was like, uh, that became super apparent when we were doing World Series of Poker commentary this mm-hmm. last summer. Yeah. We were doing a lot of the online commentary. We were seeing so many folds that were like, did you really just fold that hand? Yeah. Even when I think about the Inside the Mind of a Pro series that uh, Winamax yeah. did, and it's all these you know, top end pros, some of the best players in the world playing and you know, making final tables at the World Series, sometimes winning. They're very conscious of the ICM stuff, and it's absolutely governing a lot of their decisions um, in these spots and making playing way tighter in these spots. So I, I guess that just gives us like free reign to like, we should probably go a little nuts as Christoph a little more of the time because of this, right? Yeah. I mean, we do have a range advantage here. Like, we do. Although, no although Patrick far more frequently has a good hand than us on this board, we have all of the better hands than he, like he all, he maybe has aces every once in a while, okay. but, but we're the only one with ace king. We're probably the only one with king king and we're definitely the only one with the other sets. Patrick is pretty much near the very top of his range right now. Yes, he can have aces a little bit and maybe kings a little bit, but mostly king queen is about as good as it gets for him. And that ain't that good yeah. right, in the spot. So to your point, continuing to put pressure on does seem to make a lot of sense if he's going to be aware of it and, and play quote well around that, which I, which I would expect him to try and do. So do you want to just shove the 1.6 million that Patrick has left into 1.9 and try to put maximum pressure on, or do you want to tell a better story and say, I'm trying to eke out value from your obvious King? Mm. I want to tell a better story because I'm a little concerned that it'll look like I picked up hearts. Yeah. If I shove, but if I tell a better story, it's cheaper. Mm hmm which is great. Like if he shoves on me, I get to fold. How can he shove ever? I don't know how he could shove. He has no hands he can shove except for eight, nine. If he yeah, he has nine. to lose his mind actually, but we can't call him. Yeah. Um, you're right. We don't have to worry about shoving. That's actually a great reason to, to bet small because like we can, yeah. he's never shoving on us. We don't have to worry about losing our opportunity to shove the river if we decide it's a good hand. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. This feels pretty great. Yeah. We, we can shove a lot of rivers too if he, does, if he calls the turn, which like he's probably going to call the turn. He's got king, queen, right? Um, he's a lot of, he's got a lot of kings and yeah. a lot of king ten suited at worst. Yeah, so he's usually calling the turn. Yeah, but maybe not always. He may not want to get maybe king ten. He's like, this is the worst hand I have now. Yeah, he might fold king. Maybe like, he folds it. It might literally be the worst hand yeah. he can have by now. Maybe king ten and king jack get folded if he's like, well, I have a little bit of eight nine. And I've got all the king queens. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. He can't have the king with the heart draw because the king was a heart on the mm, flop. Okay. Um. So that, that makes it kind of cool and interesting. I, I'm also reminded of, it's not Maria Konnikova. It's the woman who coughed a lot. Oh, Lampropoulou. Yes, Maria Lampropoulou, when they were on the bubble of that, was it the PCA? Whatever it was. I think it was, it was the PCA. Whatever it was, Monte Carlo, maybe one yeah. of those big Whatever. Ones. Well, they were on the bubble, and she just did naked aggression. Yes. She basically raised every pot and basically just triple barreled everybody mm-hmm. until the bubble was over, and it worked Crazy well, even really good players who shouldn't be afraid of the money bubble at all absolutely went call, call, fold against yep. her, like repeatedly. And it was just crazy to watch her dominate people with any two cards. Mm-hmm. And they knew what she was doing, and it still worked. And so this goes back to the same idea of like ICM is like, I think maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like ICM is like too strong in these, in these players' heads at this point, and they're making suboptimal plays. And I understand they're trying to like not give away their share yeah. of the equity. But they, I feel like they're giving away their share of the equity by trying so hard not to give it away a little bit. A few you know? things hurt more than ICM punting, though. I know. In a big spot. But, if you're willing, but the other thing is this. If you're willing to do a little bit of ICM punting and people know it, people will stop trying yep. to push you around on the bubble pretty quickly. Don't negotiate with terrorists. I, dude, I used to play um, poker stars sit and goes like a lot, mm-hmm. you know, like four at a time. And like there's a while when I was like, that was my profession. Basically, yeah. was play poker or sit and go. Obviously, this was a number of years ago, um, back when you could do that in the United States. And there were guys who I played who were regs. I was one of them, of course. And we would ultimately like we get down to the bubble and there would be like four of us left. And at least three of us were in every every one of these together. You know what I mean? So we, we did play these iterations out a million times. And basically, we all knew what the calling ranges were. So like I can shove and like you just can only call with queens plus here, basically. Yeah. Or what, usually it's kings plus, actually, depending on where we exactly the stack stuff. And I remember one time I did that and one of the regs called me with two fives. 
on like a 14 blind shove. Yeah. And it was like blind versus blind. And it really like threw me off. And I was like, what is he doing? He knows not to do that. And I was like, and eventually I was like, oh, he's doing it to show me like it's a metagame mode. Yeah. He's trying to like own the rest of the bubbles, not right. this bubble. So I don't just do that. Like he's going to call me sometimes. It's really powerful. And it did throw it like, I don't remember who won that hand or who won the thing. It doesn't matter. But it made me realize I can't just push him around. And it, it's a way better place to be. Yeah. Like if you're him, even though he has to give up some equity sometimes, uh, some, some local equity, but for the macro equity is so much better anyway. You have to be in an iterated game then. Yes, you do. When you're playing the same people frequently. There's not a lot of value in doing it in the World Series of Poker main event against a bunch of randoms. Right, but if you do it once and you don't bust, no one's going to try and bluff you <laughs> again on, that, on the bubble, right? True. So there is that, but yeah, the first There's time. There's only one so. main event a year and yeah. it's tough to make it to the bubble. I let agree. Let alone go further. So. I agree. So that's fair, but... There's something powerful about not being afraid on the bubble. Super powerful. Yeah. Anyway, back to this. Back to this. So it feels like a lot of the time Vogelsang should give up, but I also kind of like going for it. Me too. And I do like betting small, which is what Vogelsang does. Vogelsang is fucking nailing this hand, like in a way that I don't often feel so confident about yeah. when we're talking about, especially with Vogelsang recently, a lot of the hands we've been doing, I've been a little confused by some of the decisions. Sure. But I feel like the sizing, the decisions are all fucking perfect in this hand for Vogelsang so far. There's 1.6 in there yeah. and 1.3 behind? 1.9. Oh, 1.9 No, 1.9 in there, 1.6 behind. Okay. He bets 520. Yeah. He could even bet, he could bet 450. Yeah, he could have. Still. This, no, this, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's fine. Wow, this is a super sick like setup. I'm I'm gonna shove the river. Are you sure you want to call? I'm gonna shove the river. Yeah, I'm trying to make it easy for you to call on the river. That's what I'm trying to make it look like anyway. Wow. Do you agree with me about Vogelsang's decisions in this hand so far? I'm super into it as long as it ends up working out. Oh, come, come on, <laughs> don't be results oriented. No, but you know you know what I mean. I, I mean it more like um, it is a little bit strange to be attacking such a good such a tough range to attack, you know? And it, so we have to know our opponent is, is really willing to like I mean, find the fold. He probably, Vogelsang probably does know that. Yeah, I and agree. All, this is the perfect scenario for it, right? I agree. I'm trying, I'm just saying like yeah. for, as we're thinking about this, like this, this isn't going to work against a lot of players in your tournaments, people. So like you can't just do this against anyone. You have to do it against very particular opponents. Although smart if, to understand what's going on. If you're at the final table against just anyone and there's actual money on the line, yes. this type of thing probably works really well. Oh, there's no doubt. Da- there's yeah. no doubt. It works incredibly. No, yeah. in fact, you'll see it. It'll be yeah. very obvious when you're in these spots usually because people, not only do they fold, they often like show you the good right. hands that are folding. They talk about the good hands that are folding. About, I've had people talk about in like... At a final table where first place was $52,000, it was like an $800 buy-in event. Yeah. I had a guy talking about how he was just going to fold everything but aces like for the entire final table. He was just talking about it, and he was on my left. I was like, okay, I raise. Like, yeah. Thanks. When um, we were on the bubble, and the first time I went deep in a 1500 event, so they were like, oh, at this point, we were on the bubble. So there, was, this was, there were only 2,000 players in this event because it was that long ago. But that was a lot of players back then. So there were like, I don't know, there were like 200 of us left or something. And it folded to me on the button. And the guy in the big blind said, I'm calling with queens. If I have queens, I'm not folding. <laughs> and so I made it 20 blinds. <laughs> they had like, they, I think between them, they had like, uh, the effective stack was like 27 blinds. Yeah. I just made it 20 blinds. I had like a six off or something, but Good that made it easy. But yeah, I was like, well, I have an ace. This is great. And I just made it 20 blinds. I was like, hope they don't have queens, you know? Yeah. And that was it. But like, what a threat, you know? Yeah. There's three hands I'm going to call you with, you son of a bitch. So the, the biggest story of that is our friend Robert Brewer. The first time he ever made it uh, into the money in a World Series of Poker event was a $1,500 event years ago now. On the bubble, a guy literally told him, I'm folding aces if you raise. The guy got aces. Robbie raised, and the guy folded and showed him. What in the world? Yeah. Did Robbie move him in? I don't remember. Okay, I hope so. Yeah. Even that obviously isn't good. It's all yeah. bad, but that would be... At least then you like you don't have any fold equity yeah. if you're like that terrified about... like no. I don't really get why everyone's so afraid of missing out on some of the money jumps. I get, I guess I get the min cash thing a little bit, but not really. I don't get any, I, I mean, I get it like when you're at the final table and the money jumps are really a big deal. And earlier on the money jumps are less. And then just a little bit, if you can just wait a little bit, you get to the final three and suddenly the money jumps are much bigger. The min that at least cash, makes a little bit more cash sense. Makes more sense. Like, yeah. you know, a $1,500 $1, event is like $2,800 these days. Yeah. Min cash, you know, a three K events like 4,500 plus. And, and in fairness, you're going from zero to that. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that's just a powerful psychological thing, right? Yeah. And it's also the difference, like from your from a mathematical point of view of yeah, you you actually have a loss to a win. Like yeah. that's a, that's a big thing to to breach. Still, 
I really wonder if like you just let yourself be a little bit of a psycho in these spots, willing to bust and busting sometimes if you're not just going to make more money over the long I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think those players were winning all the money in like 2009, yeah. you know, and then people readjusted and started calling them down a little bit more. But we're saying like what maybe, we're finding is that isn't the truth anymore. The yeah. Like when we did the World Series last year, like, yeah. or this last year, it was last year. Um, yeah, like. No one was doing I mean, that. Poker is on a constant balance beam. Yeah. Uh, lots of different poker metrics are on a balance beam, like opening sizing and then like how aggressive you're supposed to be around the bubble and all, all stuff like that. It just keeps moving back and forth and back and forth. And I don't think it'll ever truly find equilibrium. Hmm. That's fair. I mean, well, because it's an iterated game. That's, yeah. that's not shocking. But yeah, as, pe- as people get tighter around the money jumps in the bubble, like other people should be attacking it that much more for sure. And here we see Christoph Vogelsang probably doing exactly that. Yep. So he bets 520. Okay. It sucks. As Patrick Leonard. Yeah. The board reads, by the way, king, eight, four, rainbow, nine of hearts, bring a second heart. And he's got king, queen of spades. 520 of your 1.6 remaining, 1.9 in the pot. I mean, you can't fold, right? I'm going to say something here. I think if it was the nine of not hearts, if it was the nine of rainbow, so there's only one nine where it could be that, right? Yeah, I believe it's uh, clubs. Okay. If it's the nine of clubs... We need to think about it as Patrick Leonard and basically decide if we call here, are we calling the river too? Because if we're not, we should probably fold the turn when it's when it's the nine when it's the nine of rainbow specifically. Because because what are we what are we hoping he has? Like if it's the nine of hearts, at least we can be like, well, he picked up a heart draw sometimes. Yeah. You know, he picked, I can see how he picks up. Maybe his queen jack, he picked up straight draw, so he's firing. I guess well, that's true for the nine yeah, of rainbow too. But the hearts is more likely. It feels like to me. We don't have a heart in our hand. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't see how we can possibly actually fold. But we have to have a pretty clear plan for how we want to play rivers, right? I suppose we do. I mean, we maybe just expect Vogelsang to shut down all his bluffs on the river mm. if a perfect card doesn't come. Because we're so like, obviously how can calling. You, how can yeah. you keep going? Yeah, that's fair. Patrick does call. I mean, I mean, it'd be crazy to fold. It's a crappy spot, but yeah. The pot's now 2.9 million, and Patrick's got 1.1 million remaining. I mean, it seems pretty obvious what, what's going to happen, right? The we river is the fold. 10 of clubs. Ten yeah. of clubs. Okay. So now it's uh, king, eight, four, nine, ten, hearts missed. So queen jack comes in, hearts missed. Yes. Okay. Vogelsang moves in. Of course he does. For 1.1 million effective. Man, this is so this good. What a story. way too ballsy, but damn, is it a good, like, in this specific scenario, like, how can you not have it? You fucking have it all the time, right? Seems like you always have it. The ten is such a cool card because Vogelsang can probably sit there and think, like, I think he's folding king 10 on the turn. Yeah. It isn't like it's a queen. If it's a queen or a jack, you don't feel nearly as good about it, right. I think. But the 10, it's like that's the bottom of his range, like right? Kings, queens, and jacks, you shut it down. Yeah. And then any other card, you go for it, basically. Except an ace, maybe you check because you... Because you actually have something. Yeah. Although, you're always at, we're always ahead with the ace. You're yeah, always he's, at, he's, he's never bluffing. You, you should shove. Yeah. Um, even though he's probably going to fold. Right. You still should shove. Uh Man, yeah, so this 10 is a great card for Vogelsang in that it doesn't complete anything that Leonard can have and helps Vogelsang a little bit. Vogelsang could have queen-jack. He could have queen-jack. That's about it. That's the only way it helps him, right? Because if he had two 10s, he wouldn't bet the turn. Most likely not. Although maybe, because if he's putting Patrick Leonard on a king, he bet ace-three on the turn. Right. So he's bluffing on the turn with 10s. He's bluffing to triple barrel with 10s? Seems crazy. What's the difference between 10s and ace-three? You, you, well, you're being the same. Yeah, it's fair. We're, but I don't feel, impra- I don't feel practically people ever actually make that play with tens in that spot. Christoph Vogelsang might. Yeah, it's true. He might. And he, yeah, he's done some surprising stuff lately. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Like I would have said that about his shove when he, when he just open shoved the river with ace 10 top pair and like the flush blocker card, the 10 of hearts. Are you talking about Limitless? Because that was not Christoph Vogelsang. Right. <laughs> well, I would have, well, I would say that about Limitless, though, yeah. too, which is like how we, no one ever shoves there practically, and then he did, mm-hmm. you know, and it was amazing. So anyway, back to this. I guess 10s are the same, I guess, but I wouldn't, but I, but I think it's way less likely that he actually plays 10s like that, even if he could sometimes. Well, there's fewer combos of 10s. At least there's that. Yeah. But, other, but besides that, there's no real reason for it to be different. I guess the reason is that there's no blocker reason. No, there's no, no. The only reason would be that you have to pick hands in your range to bluff with. Although maybe in this spot, he doesn't. Maybe that's, he picked ace three off. I mean, right? yeah. Why would you yeah. pick ace of spades three of clubs? You wouldn't. Yeah. There's no reason to pick that. It doesn't block anything. doesn't do anything anymore. Yeah. Blocks aces. Blocks the, the slow played aces. Yeah. That's it. 
So I think you can do it with tens if you're, Maybe you're right. super on top of things. Wow. You have to be so on top of things. Vogel saying is that guy. Maybe. So we talked about on the turn, well, at least you did a lot about how like, well, I guess we have to call the river, but now yeah. the river is here and now he shoved. Are <laughs> you know. really calling the river? Well, that's, that's what I was trying to set up yeah. was this whole spot. Like, are you really fucking calling right now? You have 11 blinds remaining, which sucks, but you can still climb out of that. I mean, we beat no value, clearly. Obviously. The minimum Vogelsang has is ace-king, right? Absolute minimum. Yeah. Could he, well, could he have king-queen? He could have king-queen, have decided to three-bet it, yeah. and play it just like this. He could. Th- thinking, like, sometimes I'm winning, I'm at worst chopping. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, he could have king-queen. Boy, that'd be crazy to call him. Yeah, like, oh, God, it's a chop. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> um, so now we're here. We're getting a really good price. Insane it's, uh, price. 1.1 to win four. He's so good. He knows he's giving us this price. He knows what we have, basically. He knows what the stacks are. But we also know what the stacks are. You mean this, the, other, the yeah. other players' stack sizes? Yeah. He also knows that we called with only 11 blinds on the turn. Yeah. Having already put in 14. Like, we're calling a lot on the river in theory, at least, right? Yeah. But he shoved anyway. This is a classic poker conundrum. Yeah. It's like, does he actually have the guts to shove as a bluff here? Like, it's so hard to actually... You've been here many times, yeah. so have I. so hard to pull that final, that final trigger. It feels so good when you do, though. It feels great, and it works, um, especially when you don't have blockers. It's it actually really feels good to... even when it doesn't work if you, like, uh, posthumously, posthumously... I always say that word wrong. Mm. If you posthumously decide that, like, you did the right thing, mm-hmm. it still feels good in my mind. I agree. Least. Yeah. I agree. Um, and having blockers feels good, too. But, not, but, like, having no blockers and making this play is, like, pretty incredible. It is. It's pretty awesome. It is. It's more about like blockers are such a talked about thing in poker these days when yep. you're trying to analyze poker hands. Sometimes it's a lot more about the other guy's range being super obvious, mm-hmm. which is what's happening here. Right. So vocal saying doesn't feel like he needs blockers. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. It's like, I know what you have. Why do what, what, nothing else matters? Right. All right. So Jonathan Levy, Yo. ultimate calling station of all of the poker people yes. that I know. Yes. What I call here. Everybody who's a high-level poker th- thinker who I talk to, you must be the biggest calling station, I think. At least oh. analytically. Maybe not in practice, but the way you think. Probably in, tr- in real life, yeah. too. <laughs> so do you call? Man, I don't. I honestly don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Okay, let me come up with reasons why I could call. Let's analyze it. What hands? If I'm doing distribution, what hands do I have that are better than this? We have a few slow-played hands, maybe. Maybe we have a set of kings one out of one million times. Cool. And maybe we have pocket aces, like... A little more A third of a combo of of pocket aces. Okay, so... Okay, so we've got those things. Yeah. The next best hand is what we have, because we don't have a heart nerd. We don't have any hearts Unless we have king-10 suited and we call the turn. Okay. But probably we don't, right? Yeah. Probably we don't get ourselves down to 11 blinds with king 10 suited on the turn. If we have 8, 9 suited and we don't raise the turn and have called preflop. Right. But probably we don't that's call like, preflop. That's like less than a third of a combo. Yeah. I feel like this is dominating our, like this is, if it, okay, it's not the very, very tippy top because of what you said about pocket aces and pocket kings, but essentially this is the top of our range. Yeah. And not having a heart in our hand is a big deal. Like... If we had if we had hearts in our hand, now we're blocking the flushes, the flush draws. Yeah, the, it's really the queen of hearts, right? Because right. the king of hearts doesn't matter. But the queen of hearts, we block some of the flush draws that could have continued on the turn. Ace mm-hmm. queen of hearts and stuff like that. By not having that, that's supposed to push us towards a call, right? Like all the actual. Now that's not situational here. Yeah. Forgetting, forgetting about the situation for a second, the distribution stuff really says we have to call. If and the odds we're getting to, like that's clearly a call. The the only worst hand we have might be king jack though. King jack suited. Um, yeah, but worst hands we have are King Queen with the Queen of Hearts, King Jack with the Jack of Hearts. I don't think we have King Jack off. Oh, okay. You're probably right. You're probably right. We have King Queen off though. Yeah. Okay. So, so the Queen of Hearts being in our hand is, is, makes it worse. So we have that and we have King Jack off and the things that are better basically don't exist. Yeah. They're minimal. So, okay. So from a distribution point of view, this is a call. Yes. We're also getting like five to one or something crazy like that. Right. Yep. Okay. So that's cool. I, I wonder against Vogel saying if we're actually good one out of six times. In theory, we should be good almost exactly one out of six times against Vogel saying. In theory, assuming Vogel saying is a human robot. Well, he's trying to be. Yeah, and he's closer to it than probably almost anyone else. Yep. Doesn't mean he actually is. In this case, it looks like we're good probably a lot more often since he has ace three <laughs> off. But but we maybe we just can't know that as Patrick Leonard. Right. So the question is. Are we going to throw out all the situational stuff? Because if we, if we throw out the situational stuff, this is an easy call. 
Uh, so when I say throw out, I mean the opposite. Are we going to bring it in and make it? How, how, how much are we going to wait the situational stuff? I mean, the easier way to say it is obviously if this was a cash game, we would call. Of course. If yeah. this was a normal tournament situation, we'd probably call. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We just would have to. Right. If this was like, you know, who cares? Like, we have to call. Yeah. 11 blinds now. But that's not the situation. That's not where we are. Here we are. We're in a different place. Are we going to make an exploitative fold? Because that's all it would be. That's all it we're would, talking about. I don't know. Would it be exploitative? It would have to be assuming that Vogelsang is not capable of bluffing. Or, or not bluffing enough. Yeah. Right. We're saying he's too strong here. Well, if we think he's bluffing enough of the time, then we should call. We already yeah. decided distribution's good enough, right? Yeah. So what do you think? I don't know. I think it's a fucked up spot. I think it's a fucked up spot, too. I feel like this is one of the things that we were seeing um, guys like Gordon Veo do a lot back in the day of, like, call the pre-flop raise, call flop, call turn, get blown off the hand okay. on the river. It's a little different when you're against Kui Win. Of, I'm not just talking about Kui Win. I'm talking about that was, like, the guy who, who Gordon Veo busted. The Russian guy? The Russian dude who, like, because Veo flopped a set. Yeah. And the, the Russian, Russian guy went for it. Yeah, the Russian guy went for it. He's like, oh, yeah, you're always folding river yeah. unless you actually have, unless you're still playing a monster. Yeah. Like, 100% of the time, you're folding river. And I think he's right, yeah. but Bayo had it. Bayo um, got two big sets on that final table and got all the chips from those two sets and got to finish second, basically. Mm-hmm. But good for him. Um, anyway, so how important is the situation? How much do we weigh this situation? Patrick Leonard weighs it a lot. Yeah. He folds quickly. Yeah. Quickly. So his plan was to, was to fold the river if, if he gets shoved. Yeah. He's like, like, he's like, he can't bluff. He just can't bluff. Right. This he's si- going to give me four to one. He can't bluff. Can't bluff. I look like I'm calling. That's, that's a reason I, I would consider folding is those reasons. And yeah. it's, but then when we get to the point of, and this goes back to the same thing we keep talking about is when you get these guys who are really capable of having bluffs. Now, maybe we don't know in this spot that Vogel saying is capable of having bluffs, but I feel like I'm learning every week is whatever the fucking situation the elite players are capable of having. Bluffs. I know you just don't expect it, especially like something we glossed over and didn't talk about at all is that Vogel saying three bet out of the big blind. Yep. That's typically the strongest place to three bet from because you of can course. just call closing the action. Yeah. It was one blind to call with yeah. ace three. I mean, that is really weird that he decided to three bet except for what we talked about situationally. It made yeah. a lot of sense. Right. The thing that's interesting is Vogel saying is absolutely targeting King Jack and King Queen, right? Yeah. He has to be. He, of course he is. Yeah. So he thinks this is going to work enough of the time that this is worth shoving. Yep. So that's interesting. He's, right? he's like, well, I mean, like, I have all of the good hands and you don't. Yeah. You have king, queen. Congratulations. I have everything good. I have queen, jack. I have the nuts. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? For sure. For sure he has the nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I might have pocket tens even. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I Maybe. definitely have other sets. Yeah. I have other sets. I've got ace, king. I've got aces. I've got kings. Yeah. Not too many combos of kings based on your very likely king in your right. hand. But still, kings. Um, oh, man. It's a bit of a conundrum. It's a cool fucking play. Yeah. Good job, Christoph. Good job. He ended up winning the tournament. I'm glad. Uh, Elis Parsonen. I feel like he deserves to have done that. I just wanted to say Elis Parsonen. You did it. And now that we've said Elis Parsonen, we can go. Good.